This is a broadcast of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Working Woman Radio Show, where we have real conversations about the unique issues working women face. I am your host, Deanna Johnson Cawthon. Today, I am privileged and thrilled to have my good friend, Emily Tellez, in the studio with me. Emily grew up in Bogota, Colombia. She is married to Carlos, and together they have four children. Carlos and Emily have been married for 18 years. Carlos is currently the pastor of a house-based church the Tellez's helped plant three years ago in Northeast Atlanta. Emily has served in a variety of ministries over the years, including youth and college ministry, children's ministry, English as a second language for adults, curriculum development and teaching, and is currently the interim children's ministry coordinator for their church. She has a BA in counseling and an MA in ministry studies. Emily is passionate about empowering others to reach their full potential. She loves to host people in a home, but she says she's an introvert at heart and she chooses an evening at home with her family over a party any day. In the margins of her life, Emily trains for half marathons, reads good books, and enjoys deep conversations over coffee with close friends. Welcome to the studio, Emily. It is a joy to have you here. Thank you, Deanna. I'm so glad to be here, too. Terrific. Okay, so you and I have known each other almost three years, and during that time, we have talked about ministry on a number of occasions. But today, we have an opportunity to continue this conversation with our listening audience, with my listening audience. So let's just go ahead and get straight into things. All right. All right. Number one, can you share with our listeners a little bit more about the journey that led you into church ministry? Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I was born into ministry. My parents um, Mm -hmm. worked with Wycliffe Bible Translators in Columbia. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up very much surrounded by this idea of missions and church ministry. And um, so just kind of, that was a natural, Mm -hmm. that was a natural movement for me. True. To assume that that's what I would be involved with. Wow. and then I married Carlos, yeah. and well, that's that. Um, this is going to sound really silly, but part of his proposal was, yes. "Would you like to start churches with me?" Oh my you goodness, know? I don't think I knew that. That was like not the romantic ring <laughs> part, but that was the pre part. Oh. Um, so we we married with yes. this idea of we would be living maybe hopefully overseas. Wow, and preparing for that as wow. a couple. Wow. So wow. throughout our married life, we've spent a couple of years in Honduras mm-hmm. um, with, a, with a church there. Mm-hmm. And then even um, we lived in Indiana for 11 years. Right. And while he was um, going to seminary and we were both in school, mm-hmm. we also served in various mm-hmm. ministries wow. Um, wow. there. And so when we um, had the invitation to move to this part of the country yeah, to yes. start a church, um, mm-hmm. it was it was a very mm-hmm. easy yes really? for us. Of course, of yes. course. Yeah, it seems like ministry is basically a part of your DNA. I mean, almost. It I is, mean, like you it's said, a part of our marriage. It's too. a part of and it, and it continued on from there. Mm-hmm. Not only were born into it, you married into it. Yeah. So you got a double whammy there. Mm-hmm. That's terrific. Just curious, uh, does any of your other? I know you have brothers and uh, brothers and sister, right? Well, I have one one brother and one sister. That's right. Mm-hmm. Are any of them in? Okay. No. no so you got not. you got the the mother load of the DNA for ministry. 
I suppose. Maybe it's my personality. Maybe. I mean, I do know that there was an unhealthy part of that. Yeah. When um, when mm. we first got married, mm. I had this really unhealthy sense of hierarchy when it comes to following Jesus. Really? You know, like mm-hmm. top-notch followers of Jesus oh. are missionaries and or pastors. Okay, I see. And maybe down at the bottom are farmers. Oh. They work with plants. You know, like it was really unhealthy. Oh. No offense to any farmers I out understand. there. I um, Yeah, but I think that, and we can talk more about that, but I do think that I think sometimes... Um, there is there is a lot more of that kind of thinking than I think we want to really yeah. realize. Yeah. So when we were in Indiana and we were kind of just being there and mm. going to school and mm-hmm. learning what it meant to give a solid amount of time to a specific place, mm-hmm. I definitely think that um, that God did some heart surgery on me. Wow. In allowing me to see that regardless of what you do and regardless of the mm-hmm. career you choose mm-hmm. or where. Where you are, right. you can be intentionally yeah. using the gifts that he's given you right. to be the person that he's created you to be. Wow, that's right. And having said all of that, it but you still did go ahead and go forth and get your, because uh, you have an MA in, yeah. in what again? In ministry. Science. Right. So you did do yeah. that though. Yeah. I did. I started out with a, I started out a master's in counseling. Okay. And then realized that I didn't want to be a counselor. Yeah. Yeah. Um and 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 really part of it is yeah. I had the opportunity to go to school for free because my husband was working at a university. Okay, so you just took advantage of so it. So I said, let me take advantage yeah. of it yeah, and yeah, let yeah. me really build on this theological foundation. Wow, wow. Mm-hmm. So now you've got all these years under your belt in ministry. Um and so this this leads to my next question. In your, what has been your general experience as a woman who has served in ministry in all the various capacities that we mentioned earlier? What has been your general experience? It's been a journey, Deanna. Yes. It has been oh, a journey. Oh, I'm imagining, yes. Um, a lot of it has been, just as an adult, mm-hmm. figuring out what I'm good at and what I have a passion for mm-hmm. and not necessarily knowing that at the beginning. Well, true. You know? True. And um, so in some ways... Um, you know, when we first moved to Indiana, mm-hmm. we started working in a in a church mm-hmm. who kind of saw Carlos and I as a package deal. Oh, but that happens, definitely. And so they invited him to be there. It was a Korean mm-hmm. Presbyterian church. And oh, they okay. invited him to be the English ministry pastor. Really? And then asked if I had experience in children's ministry. Of course. And I said, yes, I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. And so I became the children's director. Okay. And hated every minute of it. Really? I did not like it at all. Oh, wow. And it was a humbling experience yeah. to realize mm-hmm. I'm not really good at this. Not that I mm-hmm. wasn't supposed to be there, and I think God taught me some things. Sure. He sure. helped me discover what my philosophy of yes. of Ministry education yeah, yeah, was. Yeah, so you got to flesh then, out some things. Um, and then, especially when I had kids and realizing my own limitations, yeah. you know, what kinds of things I could be involved with and what kinds of things I couldn't. Sure. Because if I said yes to some things, yeah. I would end up being a bad mom. Right, right. Because I'd right. be a grouch. Right, when I got exactly. Home. So you had to, the, all that came yeah. into play. And so I finally discovered. Um, a couple years in that if I were invited to yes. do anything that had to do with teaching yes. I could say yes to it really because because teaching made me come more alive yes and so then when I got home I had more to offer my family that's good yeah, you than, were energized than other areas yeah. you know like yeah. 
um, I was I was a coordinator or a director yeah. for our English ministry at one point. Mm-hmm. And I thought this is draining. Yeah, this I'd rather be teaching right, than directing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so you during so part of your experience, particularly in those early years, was that you got a chance to see what you were good at and what you didn't like. Mm-hmm. You got a chance to flesh all that out. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, so, what would you say has been the most challenging part of being a woman in ministry? Um, so, I don't know if you've heard of Katie Cole. I'm not she sure if I have. Is, uh-huh. um, she she writes a lot towards that towards yes. women in ministry. Does she really empowering women in ministry? Yes. And one of the concepts that she writes about is that. You know, you have your glass ceiling. We yeah. all oh yes hear that a lot. Yes, yes. Right? I've talked about and that it's in just other programs. The, the inability to yeah, get past to that. get past a certain yeah. point because yeah. the people over us yeah, don't, don't want... necessarily Mm-mm. know or are willing to yeah. Yeah. open up ways Absolutely. for women. Mm-hmm. Um, but a concept that she brings up is the sticky floor. Oh she really? Said there's a glass ceiling, but then there's also this sticky floor. Okay, interesting. And the sticky floor is made up of our own baggage oh wow you know our own misconceptions about ourselves sure sure and just the things that that we are hindering yeah. ourselves from, from going up to go yeah. up wow right? wow and so i think that for me part of that sticky floor mm-hmm. is my being a rule follower oh, and wow. a people pleaser wow and not wanting to make waves, yeah. not wanting oh, to yeah. cause conflict. Sure. And so always being a little nervous about putting myself out there yes. and saying, I want to do this. Right. I want to serve in yeah. this way. Absolutely. You know? Wow. Um, yeah, I think that that sticky floor concept is probably something that a lot of us women are dealing with mm-hmm. in ministry as well as outside of ministry. Yeah. Always second-guessing ourselves. Second-guessing ourselves and yeah. wondering, am I really doing this, you know, for X or Y reason. I think the other thing, too, is just um, one thing that I've struggled with Mm -hmm. is simply the lack of accountability for me as a woman. Really? Really? I think of, like, when you think of um, churches, Uh many pastors are encouraged, bring other people along and mentor them and train them and equip them to be leaders themselves. Sure. And I think what happens is that because most of your leadership are men, mm-hmm. you don't get that. They either subconsciously or consciously mm-hmm. bring men alongside them, right? Of course, to train and to raise right, up, right, right, right. And it's not that women aren't doing that, yes, but they're doing that in their free time. Oh, okay. you know, it's, it's not, not a part of their vocational. It's not. It's, right. it's, it's if a woman has the conviction to do so, yes. then she does it. You wow. Know? And so I think that for me, yeah. I would have very much appreciated yeah. accountability in my yeah. life, yeah. mentorship, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Seeing, yeah. seeing the gifts and not just saying, hey, Emily, you're gifted, but you need to keep doing that. Yes, you know, absolutely. You need to move in this direction. Absolutely. And that sort of... Yeah. Uh, fire under me. Wow. Yeah. And I and I and I was going to ask that later, but since you've talked to this, this is a good segue into this next question. Is so, have you ever found that kind of mentoring in your years in ministry? Have you ever had that person or persons to say, yeah? I mean, I know you obviously didn't have it initially, or maybe even for uh, a long time, but de- have you found that anywhere? Yeah. I mean, I've definitely had 
women in my life who have inspired me. Okay. Yeah. Very much so. Right. And set an example for me. Right, right. That has, for the most part, been informally. Right. When, like you, you spoke know. to just a moment ago. But I've definitely yeah. had women who have set examples for me to follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as formal me- mentorship yes. by people in leadership, Yeah. Um, really, I would say my husband yes. is... Yes. Very key in that. Yeah, right, right, and right, 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 right. he is regularly yes. uh, encouraging me to That's explore good. new things. Yes, yes, and yes. And to say yes to opportunities. Absolutely. Um, and to speak truth into those areas where I'm doubting myself. Right. And, and that's a good point to make that the mentorship um, doesn't necessarily have to be from another woman, although it would have been nice to have had that. Um, you've been privileged, like me, to have hus- a husband that says, Dee, this is you. You really need to walk in this. And this goes right along with your gifts and talents and abilities. And so that that is a good thing. But I do think that it is... Um, that it is a it's a, a a hole in in our in in the Christian community that we don't have women that really do that, like you said, um, consistently and as a part of church ministry, mm-hmm. uh, and and maybe there is that somewhere in some place. But um, I've been in ministry even longer than you have. I hadn't seen it, mm-hmm. and so that that is a point to make, a point to speak to, uh, and a point to work on. Um, now, speaking, switching gears a little bit to life, to family life, mm-hmm. your family life, as a pastor's wife and as a minister in your own right, how do you balance family life? Yeah. <laughs> she shook her head, <laughs> folks. <laughs> I mean, the reality, yes. and I will be the first to admit, yes. that family is often the first thing that we sacrifice. Wow. Right? Yeah, it is. I'm not speaking like... Yeah, but it is. I've seen that over and over again. Yeah. Because people are calling, people are visiting, people are asking you to do things. Mm -hmm. And children give so much grace. Yeah, they do. So it's very easy to take advantage of that. Yeah. In our ministry, there's a further complication, and Mm -hmm. that is that our church meets in our home. Right. In different homes, but our home is one of our host homes. Right. And so our children are very much in in the mix mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. i would say i don't necessarily know that we separate yeah our family from yeah. our ministry yeah. it kind of all just blends together sure but we've realized that if we are not intentional mm-hmm. we can let things yes. slide yeah, absolutely and so we have talked a lot and tried to implement a lot some boundaries for our family okay making sure that we have specific nights of the week where it's just our family. That's good. And, um, you know, with all of our kids now being in school, yes. we seriously, we take seriously vacations and yes. holidays yes. from school. And so for our spring break, for yes. our fall break, mm-hmm. if we can, mm-hmm. we try to get out of town yeah. for at least yeah. one of those. Yeah, and I think um, that's excellent. And I we're, know on a, guys... we're on a budget, so yeah. we try yeah. to Yeah, you've got to keep all that. that. Yeah. But we realize that if we stay home, yeah. We'll most likely have a lot of people over. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! And so, yeah, um, and more ministry stuff. Exactly. And yeah. so, mm-hmm. uh, we had a we had a pastor once that mm-hmm. I don't know if he ever said this, mm-hmm. but his life was yeah. definitely about working hard and playing hard. Really, you know. And so he so did both. They were very busy. Yes. And they had people in their home all the time. Yes. And their family was all in it all really? the time. Yeah. 
But when they had the chance, yeah. I mean, they I shouldn't say when they had the chance. Yes. They intentionally yes. took trips out of town That's with their good. children. That's good. And focused only on their family wow. during that time. And they set an example for yeah, us. That's good. Are there other sure. things that you do to keep? And like you said, you really can't. It's hard to keep it separate, specifically mm-hmm. since, I mean, uh, um, particularly because since, you know, the fellowship one of the groups meet in your home, mm-hmm. but you talked about the vacations, making taking that time off, and taking it very seriously. Are there other things you do to keep the balance? I mean, in some ways, with each of our each each of our kids are completely different. Oh, yes, and require different levels of yeah. interaction. Oh yes, I love that. You know, so with my oldest uh-huh. daughter, mm-hmm. we are regularly taking walks do just you? to reconnect. That's good to gauge where she's at. Yeah. You know, to keep that relationship going. That's good. Um, and I would say that mm-hmm. that's more of a need for her right now than yeah. for her younger brothers. Okay. Although I'm sure they will get there too. Sure. And so we try to be intentional with each of our kids. Yes. And then we also spend a lot of time talking with our kids. Do you really? We talk to them about the things that are going on. Yeah. You know, because change in our church is change for them. Of course. And change is hard. Oh. And so yeah, yeah. we never want them to feel yeah. like they're just being dragged along. Right. So you do keep them in the loop. We keep them in the loop and they know what's going on. Okay, we, good. That's good. We listen to them. Yeah. And we yeah. We take highly the things that they that they say and really? the things that they're processing. Yeah, that's taken into deep consideration. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Um so switching back to another train of thought, um, do you think that the church is making progress in how it treats female ministers? I mean, we know that the church has a history of not doing well mm-hmm. in that area. Um, and the second part of this question is, what um, what kinds of changes would you like to see happen in the future? I know that's a big question, so we're not going to unpack all of that, but I am curious to, to get your thoughts about that. Yeah. Um. You know, there, there seem to be two major thought processes yeah. in the church at large. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, you have your egalitarian churches mm-hmm. who would view women and men as completely equal mm-hmm. and would want both men and women to serve in full capacity in mm-hmm. leadership. Sure. And I, I believe that that mm-hmm. is... Um, a valid way of interpreting mm-hmm. what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. I I won't argue against that. Right. And then um, you have your complementarian churches, sure, who believe that although men and women have equal worth, of course, and value, mm-hmm. they have different roles, right? And they have different gifts, mm-hmm. and so there are specific roles mm-hmm. within the church that complementarians would believe are. Yes. Are for men yes. only, right? Um, which would be positions of pastoral mm-hmm. leadership, or mm-hmm. they might even be more specific and say, you know, men should be elders, right? Exactly, and not women, right? Um, and that is also, yes. I think, a valid interpretation of scripture, right? Right. You know? wow. And I'm not sure if this side of heaven, yeah, we're going to figure all that figure out, which yeah. is which, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. within those two camps, yes. I think that change can still happen. Yes. And one thing that I would like to see more of is intentionality. Really? You know? Okay. And? Um, mm-hmm. 
I think that in egalitarian churches, mm-hmm. and I'm not, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say in all, this is not right. a blanket statement, right, right. but I think that there is a risk that you will see mm-hmm. men and women as the same, right. not just equal. Yeah, and there's know? a difference. And so when you're looking for people to put into leadership, you still run the risk of looking for people who mm-hmm. are like you. Wow. You know? Right. And so you still have the tendency for leadership to be male only. True. Or to be, yeah. you know, yeah. one particular thing group only. Yeah. Running right. the right. business, the right. church. Sure. Say the business. Yeah, but the, the church. church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that seeing men and women as different, yes. which means they have different things to offer. Absolutely. Of great worth of course. to the church. Wow. And being intentional about putting people yes, uh-huh. in areas where they can uh-huh. use those differences sure. to benefit the church. Yes. And then in, in complementarian churches, mm-hmm. I think that there's a there's a hole yes. in that um, I think that there's such a fear yes. of not stepping over boundaries. Yes. You know that glass ceiling. Definitely. Right? There it is again. I think that for complementarians there's also like a theological glass ceiling, yes, right? Yes. But I think so often, yes, that ceiling is is much higher, yes, than the limitations that we place on women. Is that right? You so, 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 flesh that out a little bit more. So, you think the ceiling is higher? Tell me what you mean by that. I think that if you read and interpret the Bible and land on a complementarian position, yes, women can do most everything, right? Except one or two things. Okay. Depending okay. on where you land. Right. Right. That's right. And yet you see in complementarian churches yes. that there is a lot of things that women aren't exactly. doing. Exactly. Which which really um really segues perfectly into my next question about the modern day church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's certain positions like we've talked about just a little bit ago, Sunday school teachers, nursery workers, children's church leaders, maybe a few others that are deemed acceptable for women mm-hmm. in the modern day church. Yet in the scriptures, we have read that women in the Bible who do a variety of ministries outside of the ones that I just talked about, mm-hmm. I, ju- I just wonder where, what happened there? What happened with our modern day churches that we relegated women to these very few places and spaces, yeah. and which is which is which is what you're talking about with this glass ceiling yeah. thing? Well, and I think that part of it is that it's very hard to compare the early church, yeah. and the modern day church, yeah. I mean, for, I know there are a lot many of, reasons, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, in the early church, they, they met needs. in homes, yeah, right. You right. know, well, yes. and I would say in the modern church, you have large numbers of people yes. congregating yes. with very few numbers of leadership. Yes, of course. And so in some ways I would say that is an issue not only for women but for men as well. True. For the for the because congregation. You have one person using yeah. their gift of teaching. Right. You know, how yes. many people in your congregation right. Right. have the gift of teaching, of leadership, of hospitality. Right, right. Who are Unable, right? To really not, not that they're unable, but there's very little that we talk about. How do you use those gifts? Right. Other than what the few maybe spaces or places in the church. Right. Yeah. We we haven't empowered people to do to to use their gifts elsewhere because there's a lot of opportunities. Exactly. Exactly. So I mm. think one of those things, and then the way that we interpret 
those contexts in yes. the the New Testament. Yeah. You know, so I think of Lydia, yes. who in Acts we we get introduced to her, and yes. then Paul actually mentions her in his letter to the Romans. He does, and says that she has a church that is meeting in her home. Yes, you know. Yes. What What was her role in exactly her, in that in, in that. that in that congregation? Right. Was right, she right. The pastor of that congregation. Right. Was she was just she the hostess? The hostess. Yes. There's no mention of her husband. No, they, so they, they don't mention. She definitely that. had a leadership position. Definitely. But how would we take what Lydia was doing yes. into our current day? Setting, yeah, right. You know? That's true. Or we, we have Priscilla, who yes. along with her husband, yes, where they were teaching. Yes. This other leader, Apollo. That's right. They were correcting and teaching him so that he would have good doctrine. Absolutely. What kind of teaching was that? Right. Was that in a formal classroom setting? Right. Or was that over coffee? Right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And yeah. So it's so, very hard to yeah, know. Yeah. How that would be played out? Yeah. In yeah. our. In yeah, our but we need today. to at least try to have that. Uh, to try to flesh that out. I don't know whether we try where where and maybe in some churches they are more, um, but in the particularly in the complementarian um, setting, I don't know whether we're really trying to do that or not. I don't know. Maybe we are. Um, maybe people are more open. We're have we're having this conversation. Maybe yeah. other people are having conversations too. Yeah. Um, there but, definitely needs to be more conversations yeah. about how do we empower yeah. our people yes. to use their gifts to full capacity. Yeah. Yeah. What does that look like in a way that honors yes. what we have mm-hmm. the conviction of regarding yes. what the Bible says? True, 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 true. I love that. I love that. Um, so I guess one of my final questions would be, what would you say to a woman who says that she feels called to enter the ministry? I mean, what kind of advice would you give would you give her knowing what you know now knowing mm-hmm. where and being where you are now in the ministry I think the first thing I mean there are so many questions that would go along yeah, with that yeah, right like, yes yes what do you mean yes, when you yes. say you feel called to the yes, ministry well true and what would you like to explore yes. what do you feel god leading you to do yes and the one thing, the first thing that I would probably tell someone is to not wait until you're given a title oh, or a job wow. to do what God is asking you to do. Wow. You know, so if you have a passion for teaching, but you don't have a place to do that. Yes. Do it anyway. Wow. Yeah, in this in this day and age, mm-hmm. you have more freedoms, more outlets to do that anyway. Yeah. yeah. And I think what happens too is that the the danger is that we wait around for someone to to, to give us something, right? You know, yeah. And what we're missing then is we're missing practicing yeah. the gifts that God has given us. We are. And then we're missing out on the possibilities of what He's asking us to do right now. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's probably the main thing that that's I would good. Tell that is good advice. Good advice. Yeah. And I think yeah, because you don't have to necessarily wait until you get the degree mm-hmm. or the title. And not to say that you shouldn't pursue that. Yeah. But you can be doing other things in the meantime. Yeah. You know, the other day I was at. I mean, this was a while ago. Yeah. But I went to a doctor. Yes. And she was going through my file. Yes. And she said, oh, I see that you have your MA. What do you have your master's in? Uh-huh. And I said, oh, in something it's called ministry studies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she said, well, do you use it? Oh, and wow. the first thing out of my mouth was, no, I don't use it at all. 
Oh no, you're kidding, Emily. I know. And the entire way yeah, home yes. after that conversation, yes. I berated myself. Oh my God. Because I said, Emily, yeah. you use it All the every time. single day. You yeah. use it with your children. Absolutely. You use it in your church. Absolutely. You use it all the time. And wow. yet, yeah. because my mind yes. at that moment yeah, yeah, was yeah. in, do I get paid for using my master's degree? Oh, wow. My answer was, no, not at all. That is such a good point. And I think we do that again. Do you think men do that as much? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know whether they do. Um, I just think that we do do that. I know. I think in our culture, we just put a lot of value yeah. on formal yeah, roles. Right. Absolutely. And yeah. titles and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, I do think that that's a, a thing, but yeah, you do use it. I use it. Thank God for you. And I'm you. very thankful for it. Oh, too. We, and we're grateful for you. <laughs> we're grateful for you. And folks, uh, I will just have to tell you, I don't know if I've mentioned it, but I, uh, Emily and I um, go to the same, we're in the same fellowship. Uh, I don't think I mentioned that on the first, and she's um, was instrumental in me coming to Grace Atlanta Northeast. So we are grateful for her, and I am grateful for some of the things you shared today. It sort of opened my eyes to some things. We are um, pretty much at the end of our time, but I um, think you had many words of wisdom. And I'm so glad you took some time out of your very busy schedule to be with us today at the Working Woman Radio Show. Um, If you haven't already done so, to my audience, I want to encourage you to subscribe, share, and download the Working Woman Radio Show podcast, which can be found online at www.ultimatechristianpodcastnetwork.com. Once you get to that page, you can just click on the Working Woman Radio Show page and it'll take you right to all of the podcasts. Um, I will also make available some links that are to some things that I think would be good for this particular show uh, on the Working Women Radio Show show page. So make sure you go there and visit. For more information about upcoming or previous podcasts, you can also go to the Working Women Radio Show Facebook page. Uh, feel free to leave a comment. I want to hear from you. I want to know what you're thinking. And um, so feel free to share. God bless. And we will see you next time on the Working Women Radio Show.